Have you ever wondered what librarians really do all day? Why does a person choose to become a librarian? Learn the answers to these questions and more on Library Life. My name is Lisa. I'm a youth librarian at the Westerville Public Library. We'll go behind the scenes and talk to librarians to see what they do to make all of that library magic happen. I'm your guide through the looking glass. So close your eyes, open your ears, and listen. Hi everyone, this is Lisa. Welcome back to Library Life. Today we have special guest Elizabeth and she is going to share her library origin story. Elizabeth, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Hi everybody. Hi Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on your program as now we, we refer to it. <laughs> I'm an adult services librarian. For most people that means I work on the second floor of the library and I provide reference and technology support primarily to our adult patrons. A large part of my work involves teaching technology classes and I facilitate two book clubs, one with wine, one with donuts, and I also help our outreach department when they do their on-site tech support visits. I didn't know that you did the wine club. That's pretty awesome. Yes, I have one of the wines and one with donuts. Both I inherited when I started at the library, so I can't say I can complain about either. <laughs> Fun clubs. So what did you do before becoming a librarian? Before library work, I actually worked as a director for a market research company. I worked both in Ohio, where I started soon after finishing university, and I also worked in the UK for six years and then back in Ohio for a few years. So it was a position I stumbled to after university, not something I had planned to do. But the company I worked for was is not the people who called you during your dinner time, but a company that had a panel of households who tested consumer products. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting stuff. I primarily worked with Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati on toothpaste, hair care, cosmetics, research, and so on. Now, did a marketing job bring you to the UK or what, what brought you there and then brought you back? <laughs> I was actually transferred. We opened a new division in the UK and I was asked to go over for a year, which I did gladly. And I ended up staying for six. And then I got transferred back to Ohio. So we decided to come back. That's so cool. I didn't know that. That's amazing. It was wonderful because it was one of those places. My grandparents came from the UK, so I was quite happy to go back and had lots of relatives. I met my husband there in year three, so that was an added bonus. And we had planned to stay actually forever until jobs brought us back. That is a super cool background. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and what made you decide you wanted to become a librarian? Well, it was quite the life change, I will say. After I was in the market research with that company for 18 years. The work started to turn from consultancy work to more sales, which is not me at all. And I actually had the opportunity with some year, uh, about a year's notice to be downsized. And as part of that, I had a one year non-compete clause in exchange for severance. So basically I had a grown up gap year off of work, which was amazing. <laughs> I very quickly got bored and I decided to volunteer. I did some work at a local elementary school as a reading buddy with elementary kids and also at my local Worthington library. And I hadn't been in in years, I will admit. I was an Amazon and Barnes and Noble book buyer. And what I found at the library, this was about six, seven years ago, was the transition to the quote unquote, more than just books. The technology, ancestry classes, improved outreach, lots of little things I dabbled in for friends and family and as hobbies. And I decided that, oh, this could be a career. So I decided to enroll in graduate school for the second time and got started. That's a really good story. You know, kind of figuring out what you like through volunteering and just going for it. <laughs> 
it was great. As I said, I had to admit that I was one of those people that thought libraries are I, they're wonderful. I always supported them and such, but I didn't see the broader community picture. And when I did, I thought this is this is for me. This is what I want to do. That's awesome. And how does your past job experiences kind of with marketing help you in your daily library life? <laughs> I would say at a very basic level that my years in research were an excellent basis to start studying information science. They're both studying research just in different ways. And transitioning from things like focus groups to book clubs was easy for me. That background helps when people don't want to talk or have trouble talking or getting at the crux of what people want to say. Perhaps more helpful is that with the research, it wasn't unusual for us to perhaps test a toothpaste in up to 20 countries. Oh. Wow. So I learned <laughs> so I learned a lot about organization, about cultural norms, human behavior, processes, procedures. It was very intense work with a lot of financial elements involved, but the basic points of working with people and having a goal of finding answers were the same. I much prefer the emphasis on people versus revenue. So it's been it's been really helpful background for me and something I enjoy immensely. Very nice. Yeah, I think that most librarians that work at the reference desk, whether you are, you know, adult services, youth services, or customer service, we like people and we like interacting with people of all walks of life. Definitely. It's great. And when, as you know, when we can find the answer for somebody, it's wonderful and a little bit easier than trying to do research to find answers that might not exist. I like that we can usually find find an answer or something helpful for people. Yes. It's very satisfying to being able to, you know, figure out either a what somebody's actually asking for or you know even if it's just a book recommend you know a book I, I saw a book right. with character had gold lipstick on and you're like oh my goodness uh, how am I gonna find that and then you do it feels pretty good <laughs> you know we'll find it yes yes even if we have to drag three of our peers into it we will find it we will work it out it's wonderful and how long have you worked for Westerville Next month, it will be five years. Plus, I did a few uh, months before that as my master's practicum. I did that at the library and adult services. But officially, it'll be five years next month in September. Well, congratulations. I think that's impressive. Thank you. And what's your favorite part about being an adult librarian? As I mentioned, this sounds a bit cliche, but I will say the people. I, I tell my peers that I've never worked with such supportive and kind and caring people. I giggle because I was used to a little bit more cutthroat business environment. And so I always look around our library and I say, everyone is so kind and so nice. And we've become such good friends. Similarly, the patron relationships. Practically speaking, my favorite part is helping those who don't have another place to go. For example, the patrons who come in who don't have access to the internet or don't have access to Google for things we take for granted. And it's wonderful that we are able to help them and make their lives hopefully a little bit easier. Yeah, that's awesome. I think about that too, especially now, you know, when we're closed, you know, how can we help people that can't find it other places? And what can we do? And I think all of us think about stuff like that and try to do our best to help everyone as much as possible. Oh, definitely. In fact, I had a book club today and a woman who's a very regular patron at the library 
said she's so glad we've moved things online and such because this gives her something to look forward to in her week because she's feeling a bit isolated. And same with us. I said, oh, it's wonderful to connect with all of you, even if it's on Zoom or GoToMeeting or another platform. And we realize not everyone has that access, but we are trying and letting people know that we're still available and we're still answering during the phones and can walk through information needs and problems. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to share about kind of why you became a librarian or your library life in general? <laughs> no, my life in general at the library, it's its really just fascinating. As I said, I teach a lot of classes on Android phones and cut the cable, social media, and ancestry. And I love a good ancestry research puzzle. Um, <laughs> it's wonderful to me that people can use ancestry for free in the library and begin that journey. It's also accessible from home during this, during this quarantine crisis. And just a reminder to people, as I always say, if you have a friend or a relative or your parents, grandparents are usually the case, and they get their first phone and don't know where to go to help, that this is one thing that we do. I've joked with a few patrons who've said, you really mean if I get a phone, I can come in and you'll show me how to use it. And we say, <laughs> we really mean you can come in and we'll practice phone calls, we'll practice texting or looking at pictures because there's not, there's not a lot of places to go for that kind of help. But we want to help people use what's available if it's within their means. And if not, try to find other solutions. One of my favorite stories when I first started was a very sweet couple came in and they had switched telephone and television providers and were given a $250 gift card, which was great. That's a lot of money. But in order to claim it, they had to have an email address and go online. And they they didn't have internet access and they don't do email. And they had said, someone told them the library could help them. So we did and got that because it's $250. Absolutely. worth taking care of. And I thought just in my own life, I will admit before I became a librarian, I would forget that not everybody has internet. I think the latest Ohio library council figure was a million Ohioans or 300,000 households don't have high-speed internet access. That's a big deal. So we try to help. And even now with our doors closed, we are printing items for people or we can do the research online and send it in the mail if that works or leave it at the drive-up window. And for those listening that don't know, we also have Wi-Fi hotspots that you can check out you know, guys, if you're working on your schoolwork and maybe you don't have internet at home or you have to go someplace, you know, during the day, I know with kind of virtual schooling, you need a Wi-Fi hotspot, put your name on the list. We're working on getting more and if you need help with research, give us a call <laughs> or an email. Please call us. We, we also have parking lot Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was talking to a friend the other day who said she's got old phones and an old Kindle she doesn't use. And I said, and she's got parents in the area that are quarantined. And I said, you know, you can still load up these devices with ebooks, audiobooks. You can go to, you know, Netflix if you pay for it. Download some items on Wi-Fi. You can use our Wi-Fi in the parking garage if you need to. And then you can hand it off to your parents because we can download items that they then don't need Wi-Fi to run. And they can still find a way to get some books and materials. Yeah, that's very true. And I think the city of Westerville put Wi-Fi in our main parking lot too. They sure did. So we're getting all Wi-Fi up throughout Westerville, which is absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Yes. 
All right, so we end every library life with a book recommendation, and I ask all my guests to recommend something that would be kid-friendly, though I would say any age of kid, which could be zero to, you know, teenager. So what what would you like to recommend? Well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the littler ones. I, I try to stay current on youth and adult, but I will admit I'm not very good at that. So in honor of the lovely Beatrix Potter, whose birthday is today, I am going to say oh. that I've been known to read and gift many many a Beatrix Potter book. And I'm going to say I would recommend some Peter Rabbit and Squirrel Nutkin and Jemima Puddle Duck and all of those beautifully (laughs) illustrated stories and books that I love. She also happens to be from the Lake District in the UK, which is where my grandfather was born and where I've been fortunate to visit. So I always think of living in a little cottage with the animals. And I would say, if you want pleasant and happy and appealing, I go with Miss Potter. Uh, for a novel, if I was going back to a classic for young women, I would go with Little Women, although I discussed this with my book club this morning, and I realized I've not read it in a long time, so I recommend it with that pinch of salt, because I can't remember all of the details. There is actually a new graphic novel that is in modern day Little Women that came out this year. It is like a modernized Little Women, and it's really good. I'll have to check that out because I, I saw the most recent film that came out and then I was trying, you know, a lot of it was coming back to me. And we talked about the book this morning as a member of my book club is rereading her childhood favorites and classics for a summer quarantine activity. And so we were thinking back to it and I thought all of these books where I vaguely remember bits and pieces and I should take the time to go back and revisit. Beatrice Potter and Little Women, I think, are... <laughs> still very good choices there are there are some classics that don't hold up exactly but those are not ones of them (laughs) there are a few i remember from my childhood that are that are not on the appropriate list nowadays and that's perfectly understandable and i can understand that so i tend to go back to oh winnie the pooh and beatrix potter and those you can tell i'm an animal lover so i like to go back and i think they're just sweet and pleasing and pretty to look at especially for for the little ones I agree. Absolutely. Those are very good choices. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your library story with us. I've enjoyed listening to you and I know that others will too. Thank you so much. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for doing all of this. And I will, uh, I'll see you at the library tomorrow. All right. I'll see you. All right. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening. This is Library Life and Lisa saying goodbye. We'll be back for another episode 